Welcome to the Memberships Mastermind Podcast, the podcast that helps you create a profitable membership that serves you and your family. Hi, we're Paul and Melissa Pruitt, and we help online entrepreneurs build, launch, and grow their memberships. Each month, we host two live Memberships Mastermind Zoom calls, where we coach and collaborate with other membership site owners all over the world. On each podcast episode, we bring you one question that the Mastermind worked through. You'll get ideas and strategies that you can start implementing right away. So if you're ready to fill in the gaps in your business, decrease overwhelm, and finally get all the answers on your membership that you've been looking for, let's dive in. Welcome Welcome to to the the Memberships Memberships Mastermind Mastermind Podcast. So the next question I have is for Mike, and um, we'll put you on the mic in a minute, Um, Mike. (laughs) Um, When looking at what to improve next in your business, where do you typically start your hunt to identify the areas to improve and focus your energy on? Oh, this is a good question. So do you want to hop on the mic, Mike? (laughs) Thank you for doing this. Uh, I just uh, wanted to ask you guys what your opinion is of that, where to start. Um, I mean, for me, just from my perspective in my business, uh, I work in the music industry and I teach people how to create pro recordings from their home studios. And um, currently my mailing list is about 5,000 people, but I've always found that historically my conversion rates are like horrible. They're like a quarter of a percent. And to me that with like low price memberships and like kind of cheaper courses, it just doesn't seem sustainable. So I'm, you know, I'm just trying to think of like what areas can I improve? Because even if I get it from like a quarter of a percent to a half a percent, half a percent, I've doubled my business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, so that just kind of looking at areas to improve and just kind of thinking, well, where do I go from here? And like, what, what should I be paying attention to first? Yeah, good question. So open up to the group. Anybody have any suggestions for Mike? Uh, hi, Mike. What I would advise is to look at your marketing strategies. So probably you're doing something already, but finding ways, good ways to attract people to you and finding out where you can improve, even if it's just a little thing, mm-hmm. um, it's really helpful. Like you said, if you go from a half to 1%, it's already like doubling, right? So any improvement that you can find there would be helpful. So what I would advise is really just check out anything where you can learn or find more information about using marketing strategies, using different marketing strategies, or well, anything where you can tweak, you know, just mm-hmm. learn and, and be open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. No, it's good. Because yeah, sometimes it's already what we're already doing and we kind of overlook that. So that's really good. Yeah. Uh, para? Yeah, para. Um, okay, so I just wanted to, let's see if I can, I can grab some information so then it's a little bit easier to help. So then um, how did you get your 5,000 emails? Was there, did you, did you implement a free a gift or like the funnel page, like what did you do to get those people? Do you think maybe they're not your target audience because of how you got them? And what social media are you using? Are you, do you have an age group? Um, if you have an age group, if it's the younger age group, you know that social media in regards to like Snapchat and, and um, of course, Instagram, but then TikTok, which I know everybody loves, but kids love it. And I have kids and I deal with kids all the time. And that's really huge right now. And you can promote at least that way without paying any money. So that's free marketing and, and showcase your skills and people might, you know, click on your link and go see what you got. So that's social media wise. But so I'm curious, like, what's your age group? How'd you get your 5,000 people and such? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, I'd say that my age group is between 25 and 50 generally is kind of my audience. Um, as for how I built the list up, up to 5,000, uh, I do have a freebie. I've got a few different freebies that I offer, um, like cheat sheets and that kind of stuff. So that's picked up a lot of traction. I've been on some podcasts as guests as well. So that's helped to bring some more attention to it, to the site. And uh, a lot of paid advertising lately. I've been doing that. Like as I went into my last launch, I, I did some advertising and got a thousand new people into the list just through, through ads to my freebies. So the freebies, I know, I know that those are working. Like I think generally people who land on my, on my freebie pages convert around like 30, 35%, which I think is a pretty decent number for the, for the landing pages. The email rates are probably sitting around like 15% open rate right now, which that's probably lower, I'm guessing. So that's one area that I feel I need to pay a little bit more attention to. I guess as for your question about kind of social media, admittedly, like I'm, I'm not the greatest with social media. Like I, I don't have like a Facebook group that I like actively run. I've been putting a lot more of my attention onto building a, like a podcast and YouTube. I feel like for my audience, they're very like tutorial heavy. They want like kind of like screen like walkthroughs of like what's going on in the software and that kind of stuff. So I find that that's a little harder to do on like Instagram or like Instagram stories or their new reels because it's just too short of a period of time to like really walk through something. So that's why YouTube has been more of a focus there. So I, I think that answered all of the questions that you asked. Yeah. So it sounds like, I mean, you've, except for the fact that you probably want to venture out into a few other social media just to see what you can get from that even if you don't like it, like if doing lives, I know that's kind of a big deal. And even though you might not want to do it, but from my experience, they helped because I mean, I have a membership too, but it's just different. So they've all experienced a lot of, of traffic and people interested once you actually like really pay attention, see you, connect with you, have that consistency where they like, they know they can count on you, like say you do it once or twice a week and you say, I'm doing this and come join me, you, you know, check it out and then just show them what you do or who you are, like the whole tell story thing while you're doing something. So they connect with you as a person and the more, more likely that you're going to get them to commit, right? At least that's my experience, but I don't know if that's going to help you because I know you don't want to do Facebook, but. <laughs> no, it makes sense for sure. And, and I admittedly, yeah, like I, I, on my last launch, I did start to do some Facebook lives, which I had never really done before. And it was like, I guess out of my comfort zone to some degree. Um, but you know, I got into the routine of it. And like, by the end of the week, I was feeling a lot more comfortable with it. So I think it's just a matter of now figuring out how do I, how do I do more of that and get people watching it. And I guess, you know, to your point, letting people know that I'm going to be showing up at a certain date. Cause even when I did those Facebook lives, like nobody appeared cause I, you know, only gave them maybe a few hours notice or something like that. So right. That does no good there, right? It's, yeah, it's commitment and like pre-scheduling and then you're like stuck with it, right? You have no choice. So um, then you're like, I'm committed and I have to do it. And then you show up and hopefully they start showing up and knowing that you're there, then they're going to keep coming. At least hopefully the consistency brings them in. For sure. Love it. Awesome. It looks like Heather yes. has her hand raised. My question for you would be regarding your email list. You said your open rate is 15%. And while... I think, and Melissa can correct me here, I think industry standard right now is running somewhere between 17 and 20, but a good open rate is somewhere between 30 and 40. And I think when you have 5,000 people sitting on your list and our list is our greatest asset, I think the energy and attention needs to be on getting that list more engaged. So my question is, what kind of emails are you sending? Is that 15% average? Have you, have you had any email that's performed better than that average? 
And if so, what was that content? Like, how are you engaging with your list? Every time I put out a new piece of content, I always send out an email about it um, just to make a little mini lesson out of what the, the video on YouTube's about or whatever my podcast episode's about and introduce that. So that's primarily kind of like the stuff that I would normally mail people with other than like obviously launches and that kind of stuff. So yeah, in, in terms of answering your next question about like which ones are the best performing emails, I would say that anytime I've had like a free download or something like that, or like some sort of giveaway, like I instantly see like more people show up for those. So I don't know if that just means like, I don't want to judge and say like my audience is like, you know, just looking for freebie stuff, but it seems to be that those attract a lot of people. Right. So you know, <laughs> I guess maybe I have to make more content that is going to take them deeper down that rabbit hole once they've downloaded something. Right. But it could also be a copy issue in your emails. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but like, how are you, how are you framing the content when you put it out there? Are you tying it back to a pain point in a compelling way in the subject line? Cause your first job is you, your, your subject line has to be compelling enough to get them to open it. Mm-hmm. And after four or five, you know, emails in a row of opening due to a compelling subject line, if the content doesn't match the compelling subject line, right. Or doesn't equally engage them and hook them. I mean, we have the shortest attention spans we've ever had in history, thanks to social media and technology. Um, You know, they're not going to keep opening. So I would look first to see if you have a copy problem before you decide it's a content problem, because if you put your energy into fixing a copy problem, if that's what it is, Mm -hmm. you can increase your open rate through your compelling subject line and then hook them with the content and engage the people you have it's, that's, it's my opinion that that's probably the best use of your time and energy right now to increase your conversion rates. Love that. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go over to, to Doreen. Sure. So, um, Mike, I was wondering, similar to what Heather was saying, you know, is that what are the themes that are being reacted to in the, in the opens and what is the headline? You know, does the headline say there's a download included? You know, or, you know, peek inside for something juicy, you know, and I'm wondering if you're creating consistency. So you said that you're sending out emails when, you know, whether it's a new lesson or content or what have you, is there, is there consistency that you could deliver that it's like Mondays with Mike Mm. and you identify two or three things, not 20, but two or three things that are compelling. And then what doesn't feel urgent, you can move to the next week and have a few things that are really helpful. And, you know, what your audience wants to know is they want to feel seen, right? Not, not spoken at, but spoken with, you know? So, so think about that and think about how, how you're best connecting and, and do more of that, honestly. I noted some other things, you know, I don't know how often you clean your list, mm-hmm. but it might be a good opportunity, you know, coming towards the end of the year to clean your list. And in doing so, you can also kind of survey, like, you, you know, rank, course rank these, these topics, you know, what do you enjoy hearing most? I want to be that resource for you. Mm-hmm. And then lastly would be, if you looked at the pillars of your business, and you are generating these, these downloadables, you are generating content, what is leading them to the revenue, right? So maybe you're able to see people are opening on a regular basis. Some people are opening more frequently than others. Mm-hmm. Make sure that there, there is a either impact or revenue that they're, they're heading towards. And um, I said last thing, but I do have one more thing. And that is, if you look at your, if you picked four pillars to your, your business, right? You're building the foundation, right? And 
you identify four very distinct pillars. Lastly, look at what you're spending time on and what is really delivering the impact and perhaps the revenue that you're trying to deliver and see if there's a disparity there. You know, because sometimes we're spending a lot of time on something we really don't need to and the impact isn't there. Yeah, that's great. I like that a lot. Yeah. So do you do you have anything? I'll just I'll just add on with the email because I do think you have like a it sounds like you have a, you have a great pond of people. It's just getting them to engage more. So if you haven't done like a temperature check with your emails, that might be really helpful. Even and this will take it's a little bit of um, you know sweat equity with this, but short email. Hey, how's it going? Just checking in. Um, just it like like just a, like a one sentence thing. And can you reply back and let me know you got this and then start that conversation in, in email. If you haven't done that in a while, and I would suggest everyone do this every once in a while to get that conversation going back and forth. And it is going to take some time to go back and forth because you're going to be, you know, having that conversation, but that'll help with that deliverability. And then also kind of see how, how things are going in their life. And then that could lead to other things too. So I would definitely do that if you haven't done a temperature check in a little while. On that note about temperature check, like, do you typically make that temperature check based around like a specific topic so that people reply back to you? Or is it literally just like a, just trying to get people to respond to you thing? I just try to get people to respond to me. It's literally like, hey, how's it going? Um, I just wanted to make sure, I, I, I think the last one I sent was something like, you know, um, you know, I've been sending a couple of emails the past couple of weeks about creating conversations on social media. Have you been getting them? Just wanted to check in with you. Like literally it's two sentences. It's very short. It's um, very conversational. Um, it feels personal. And then, you know, just, just can you let me know and then um, have them reply back to you. It's, it's a really, really short email. But that tends to get through rather than long, long, long copy too. And then they are like, oh, Melissa's checking in with me and, and, and whatnot. And I always too, on my emails, um, I do usually on the, the bottom, I, I do have a call to action. Hit reply and let me know, you know, I ask a question back. And I get a lot of people that will do that. That's just, uh, if I, whatever my topic is that I'm talking about, you know, and I get a lot of people having a conversation. So I always have a conversation back. It takes time, but then that helps with that deliverability too. For sure. That's great. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'm just going to bring out because there's some great thoughts that, really that everybody uh, already shared. So I'm going to just not repeat those things, but bring on different perspectives also is we're in this internet marketing bubble and we think like the more people we have, the better. And not every follower, not every email subscriber, not every like, not every anything are equal but we see everybody and we just see a number and we see a vanity metric and we think everybody's exactly the same. And all these people are that instantly followed us or got on our email list are a buyer. And the majority of the time, but most of us, because we're in the internet marketing bubble, sometimes we groom a lot of people to expect free from us. And that's how they see us. That's how they see us on the store shelf. You know, how much are you willing to any of you, how much are you willing to pay for tap water? Okay. Now the moment you walk into a nightclub or a bar or a restaurant and they put it in a plastic or a glass bottle, you suddenly are paying for that thing, aren't you? So it's just like, how did you wrapper yourself and how are you conditioning your people? So where I would start, like if you're looking at your existing audience, I would test them to see, do I have a ton of freebie seekers that don't perceive me as somebody that they're willing to pay for? Mm -hmm. And what I would do is on the funnel that you have created that's gathered these people, a lot of you have to understand is that you have 100% of the people will reject the offer that you never give them. 
Did you hear what I said? 100% of the people will reject the offer you never gave them. So when we are in this internet marketing bubble, you find like lead magnet, lead magnet, lead magnet, lead magnet. Now, every once in a while you do hear people, and this comes in different forms, you hear something called the self-liquidating offer, SLO. You'll hear OTO, one-time offer. You also hear a reference as a tripwire. Now, you have the moment, and this is micro decisions. So you have the moment somebody gives a fair exchange in their mind that they're giving up their personal data, their personal information, they're giving an email to a stranger, to somebody they didn't quite 100% know yet, and in exchange, they're gonna get this promise, this freebie, this download, this checklist, this, this tool, right? In that moment though, 99% of us do not give a next step. That person just made a micro commitment and all we see is like, oh, we're trying to build an email list, right? And that's what we're conditioned, like get that email list as much as possible, right? But in that moment, it doesn't mean that that person was looking and willing to only receive free from you. That's the only opportunity you gave them. So just keep that in mind. You gave them only a free opportunity. Now, potentially in that moment, if you know what your freebie is, and they just, they're salivating, they want this thing, they feel at least for what the value proposition you made, they're willing to give up their personal contact information to get this free. What is the next logical step behind that? What's the other thing that's the next step that has a little bit more perceived value that they would want because they, they need and want the free? Mm-hmm. Like they're perfectly in line with it. So what is that thing that has perceived value right behind it? But not like a high cost thing. It's hard to take somebody from like, hey, try this free sample, you know, in the food court, like here, try this free sample. Oh, by the way, I have a $2,000 thing. You want to buy it? Like that, nah, whoa, <laughs> have your free sample back. Sorry, thank you very much. Yeah, but we go to Costco. We, we get accosted by these people in the malls. Like they're like, hey, let me free spray. Let me just spray that, you know, try this cream, you know, because it solves a small pain point. It's not your big promise. It's not your membership. It's not your course. It's not your big thing, but it is the next logical step. It's the next natural thing. You could support and make a lot of money and also have a divided email list, an email list that identifies who your freebie seekers are. And every once in a while, people will buy out of that list, but also your buyers. Mm-hmm. Like what's a micro commitment? What's a $7 offer, a $17 offer, a $27 offer that is so undervalued? You would like, then this is what you want to do. You want to position that offer where when somebody is presented with it, they're going to have a moment that they're going to say to themselves, I feel dumb. I feel stupid that I'm going to close the browser out right now and not take this offer. It's so no brainer that I should say yes. And if I close the browser or back out right now, I just, you know, I'm not a reasonable human being. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, and, w- but when you do that, what you have to understand is you immediately separate people that are willing to pull their wallet out. Mm-hmm. That list, that email list to you, that part of the email list will be so much more incredibly valuable to you through the lifetime yeah, of that person. You can nurture that person, get them to know you, then they'll invest yeah. more and more in you. Yeah. Absolutely. Otherwise, if you keep going back and just say, oh, I got another free thing for you this week, got another three free thing for you this week, got another free thing for you this week. Well, you know what? While they're getting your free things from you, they just spent $2,000 on a piece of gear that week. They just spend, you know, $600 on a course or a membership or something else and not, 
And you know what I mean? Like they're still buying things that they perceive have value. So we got to be careful because a lot of us are grooming people to expect free from us. And we're building large, large, like hordes of people, you know, like a herd, you know, that is like, that's all they expect from us, like no matter what. And then we're trying to shake the tree every once in a while just to find the two, the three, the, so that half of that quarter percent, you know, it's just definitely there's the deliverability, there's messaging that was already covered. There's other elements, temperature check, all those things. But also understand is not everybody in there is equal. You do have buyers most likely hiding in there. You might not have made them the right offer on why they came to you originally, but just understand when somebody makes a micro commitment, they're in the moment and they just exchange that email, that is the highest peak moment right now for them to take the next logical step with you. The moment that we ever go away from a decision-making moment, our ability to convert people in any level goes down dramatically. Does it mean this person then might not be ready, willing, and able right the second? They all know who you are. They just went to freebie. You could nurture them and, and give them an offer later on. If you guys haven't been through it, um, Melissa does their 52 conversation catalysts. Mm-hmm. And people are given, after they sign up for it, they go to 52conversationcatalysts.com. The moment they sign up for it, in that moment, they're given a one-time offer. And there's yep. Suzanne. Suzanne. Yeah, Suzanne has the calendar, okay? Oh, given, the conversation oh, the, oh, the conversation. So, so she has the download, and then we immediately give an offer into Instapost, which is here's 52 conversations. This is once a week solution. Oh, by the way, here's a paid solution that's 365 days. Now, majority of the people don't take it. A percentage does. And that's why they go into a nurture sequence, and every 90 days, they're given another offer, another opportunity to buy. Because that they are not writing well and able today, but they could be 90 days from now. They could be another 90 days after that. We do that for a full year. Mm-hmm. That they get nurtured, 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 and slowly indoctrinated. And at one moment, they're probably ready, willing, and able. So on your end, I would look at, like, what could you put on the back end of some of your freebie offers that would be the next logical step? And for all of us, whether you have a membership, a course, like whatever your core offer is, make sure, this is where a lot of people fail, make sure your lead magnet is the natural piece of bait that will make the right people desire, who would desire your main offer, be it a course or membership. I see the most random lead magnets put into the marketplace. People are not properly, you could have all these people on your email list and they came in for some random thing that you thought was a cool idea today, but it has no link, it has nothing that'll link people into wanting and desiring your, your membership. Yeah. And the last thing I'll leave you on is in your lead magnets, put a cover on it and do a little mini bio on you. You're using it to mm-hmm. leverage, to position yourself. Mm-hmm. While they're downloading and consuming the content, leverage that opportunity. They see you in front of their face. You got their email, you're gonna talk to them in the future. Leverage the opportunity to position yourself as an expert. And on that, so you have a one-pager, that's now it's a two-pager, but on the last page, after you deliver the content, give them the next step. <laughs> What's the next step you want them to take? Join your Facebook group, go like your page, go, you know, go sign up for like an opportunity because they downloaded it. They can click on a secret link with a secret coupon because they got the freebie. Like, what is the next step? Because we just give the thing and then we're like, okay, they're going to know that I was the guy Last week when they signed up for that freebie, you know, next week that, that email that I sent out to them, I'm that same guy. No, they got 30 other downloads they've gotten between now and then. Thanks very much. That was really helpful. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, then join us on our free live Zoom calls twice a month. You'll get to ask your membership questions and hang out with awesome membership owner peeps. Just sign up to be notified at membershipsmastermind.com.